by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Welcome, Passion Church. I'm Pastor Guy. So glad that you tuned in with us. This is unusual. I know I missed my hug at the door this morning. I missed the handshake, the, the roads can barely find a car on the roads this morning. It was kind of unusual. But you know, this is only temporary. Jesus would say, this too shall pass. And uh, I'm kind of excited about the new opportunities this poses for us as a church and how we can reach our community in this, this hour in which we live. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the time that we had in worship this morning. I, I pray for all the churches in our area and around the world who are uniting in this hour and being the church. I thank you that you want to speak through your people into this hurting world, Lord. You want to shine, you want to break forth through the darkness and let people know that you're still on the throne and you're good and you love them and that we can be your children and we can be protected in the vault of your hand. We love you, Jesus. I ask you to speak through me today. Speak into the lives of those people that are tuning in right there in their homes. Lord, let them know how much they're loved by you and by us as the church. Lord, even though we're spread apart, we're still one. We're coming to, to you in unity, Lord. So let your spirit be in every home, every car, every place where we are tuning in together to worship you today. Jesus, you are our hope you're our future, you're our all, and you are in all, and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 8. It's been a scripture I've turned to a couple of times lately. You may remember I, I preached from it this past Sunday. It's a scripture that Pastor Norris Braswell at our Passion Campus in um, Montgomery, Alabama, shared with me, and I was like, Pastor Norris, that is right on time. That is a good scripture for the times in which we live. It says in verse 11, The Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. He said, Don't call everything a conspiracy like they do, and don't live in dread of what frightens them. Hmm. That's an on-time word right there. Because we're all being offered a spirit of fear in the climate in which we live today. Uh, but God's people know that we just choose not to accept that spirit of fear. We're not going to talk conspiracy theories. I mean, the news is full of those. Uh, the water fountain conversations are full of those. We're not going to get involved in conspiracy theories. We're not going to live in dread. And we're not going to be in fear because we have love, power, and a sound mind. And we know how to overcome. And we know what we're going to talk about today, in fact, is how to help other people overcome. Because we see so many are being tempted. Even Christians being tempted to move from their hope that they have in Jesus Christ. This past Wednesday, 
we had a life group meeting at my house as we do and our meetings for men and it's called God strong and it's talking about you know how men have strengths that God has given them and how they can begin to use them for good purposes not for their to build their own little kingdoms down here but to use their strength for good and not for harm and so uh, being about the 11th meeting in, the, in a semester of 12 uh, I decided to recap the things that we had learned up until that point and I went back and we began to recap and every point that we had learned as I was you know just as I was telling the men it came to me that this one word just kept popping up in my spirit and it was the word stability say that say stability <laughs> I, I'm it's, it's a little bit unusual preaching to just the production crew here but I know that you're out there staying saying stability right people may think you're crazy <laughs> but if you have anybody in the room with you say stability if you don't just say it to the Lord but that's what we're going to talk about today is stability and also as I was sharing with them that the Lord was giving me that word uh, that we went around the room and some of the men shared their wisdom and, and, and it sparked in me the remembrance of when the Apostle Paul in Acts 27, uh, he had been arrested for preaching the gospel, and, but he had appealed to Caesar, so they were putting him on a boat to go to Rome so that he could meet with Caesar. But he was just a common prisoner at that point. There was a Roman centurion and he had a whole crew of prisoners getting on the boat and so when they got on the boat, it, he had no celebrity there. He, he had no voice. He was just a common prisoner, and he was about to set sail on a voyage. And that's kind of like us today. We're setting sail on a voyage, and many of us are feeling like, I have no voice in this. Nobody's going to listen to me. I have, maybe you think you have no value, but I'm here to tell you differently. Well, they set out, and they, they hit a few ports, and, and then they set out, and the winds came strong against the boat that they were in. And, and so they couldn't make it any further, and they made an emergency pit stop in this little uh, port that they didn't want to stay at. But Paul had been praying. And so Paul spoke up, and he talked to the captain of the ship, and he says, I perceive if we continue on this voyage, it will be with great peril that we will lose the ship and possibly the people on it. But did the captain listen? No, he's just a prisoner. He has no voice. And so they continue on and they set sail. And they've not gone far when they run against hurricane-style winds and it begins to blow them out to sea and there's no stopping it. And for days and days... Uh, it just, they're in panic. There's nothing they can do. They're throwing out cargo. They're throwing out their, their gear. And, and everybody is panicking except Paul. Paul is praying. Now, there's something for us to learn right there. Everyone around you is panicking, but it's time for us to be praying. So Paul prays. And then he prophesies. He prays to the point that God sends an angel to speak with Paul and to give him direction. So he prophesies what the angel told him, that if, guys, my God 
has told me that if we stay together, not a hair on your head will perish. You're, we're all going to get through this alive. We're going to lose the ship. You've already missed that test. But God will spare our lives. And this time, guess what they do? They're ready to hear a hopeful word. They're ready to listen, and they do. Well, most of them. <laughs> there was this crew of sailors that tried to get in the lifeboat and haul off by themselves, you know, try to save themselves. Kind of reminds me of the people who are hoarding things like toilet paper these days, just worried about saving themselves. Only care about covering number one. Or I guess you could say in this case, number two. <laughs> I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> but that is funny. I don't care who you are. <laughs> they only care about covering number one. Anywhere, where was <laughs> But Paul told them, he said, guys, if you don't stay with the ship, guess what? You're going to die. And isn't that the Christian message today that we still have that message? Guys, if you're not on the ark, if you don't stay with the boat, you're going to die. The wages of sin is death. So uh, they, they sail on, but they got a little encouragement now. A couple days later, Paul says, I think it's time you guys got a bite to eat. You know, you've been trying to keep the ship from breaking apart for two weeks now. It's time we eat because I, I believe our salvation is at hand. And so guess what they do? They eat. It seems to me that all of a sudden this guy who got on the boat with no voice has become the voice. He's become the boss on the ship. So they all do what Paul says. And, of course, next morning they see an island and an inlet, and they try to make for the little cove there. And what happens is, is they run aground, and, and their tail end of the ship is sticking up in the air. And the waves are beating against it. And one of the, uh, the I guess it was one of the soldiers says, hey, let's kill all the prisoners so, so they don't swim to shore and, and go free. But the commander says, we ain't killing Paul. We're not killing Paul. Paul's one of the prisoners. We're not killing the prisoners. We need this man. He's helped us through this situation. I want you to know that the wind and the waves are blowing today, and they're still trying to sweep us out into this sea of despair. But the stability of one Christian can save the day. You ask, what am I supposed to be doing during this time of panic? Well, you're not supposed to be panicking. You're supposed to be praying. You're supposed to be hearing from God. You're supposed to be the stable one on the boat. Paul shows us how to go from having no voice to having the voice. This is our opportunity, church, to begin to have a bigger voice in our communities. Paul's stability made sure that everyone swam to shore and got there safely. Now, you know, when I got saved, I like to say I got saved, saved. I, I was happy to be saved. I was all in. I was whole hog for Jesus. Now, my friends that I used to go to the parties with, they didn't understand that. And I bet you remember the day when you got saved. 
They, didn't, they couldn't understand why I wasn't quick to run to the same sins that I used to. But I was happy to be forgiven. I was happy to be serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was giving him everything. And I have ever since that day. Well, I know a lot of people in that circumstance, when they begin to realize that they were going to lose their old friends because of their new friend, they begin to compromise. They said, well, I don't want to lose my friends. I'm going to stick one foot in, over here in my friend's world, and I'm going to keep one foot in the church. But merely by making that compromise, you have lost your voice to your friends. People say, but I love my friends. I don't want to lose. If you love your friends, you will set yourself apart and be stable so that when your friends Boats, butt sticking up in the air, well, like it will be pretty soon. You will be a stable voice for them to turn to. And I can tell you, almost all my old friends have come back and at least asked me for prayer when their boat seems to be breaking up. And many of them I've had an opportunity to lead to the Lord. And it's an awesome thing just because of the stability in my life. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 6. In verse 18 and 19, Hebrews chapter 6, I'll give you a moment to get there. I know I preach fast. Hebrews 6, verses 18 and 19. It says, so God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable. Because it's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge. How many knows that God is our refuge? We who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold on to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and a trustworthy anchor for our souls. Say to your phone right now, anchor. Our God is an anchor. We're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, every situation, every crisis, every time the world panics. We are still anchored. Our souls have someone that we know that we can trust. I know in whom I believe. And I know he, he cannot tell a lie. And it goes on to say that he leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. We have an opportunity at any time to come boldly before the throne of our God and obtain that mercy and grace that we need. God himself provides stability for us. Isn't that awesome? And Jesus tells us in a parable found in Luke chapter 6. He said there was... Two men that built a house. One of them went out to the beach and he threw up a party shack. He just built the, the frame on top of the shifting sand. He said, I'm just going to do what I do. But there was another man who dug deep down below the sand, down to the bedrock. And I'm telling you, that's what a Christian will do. They'll get down to the rock of their salvation, the rock of the word of God, and they'll build their house, and they'll build, build it on a foundation that's unshakable. And it says the wind and the waves beat against both of those houses. And we don't have any exemption as Christians 
from the wind and the waves. But we do have a foundation. We have stability. Let me hear you say amen. <laughs> All right. Thank you, production crew. You know, honestly, the world has a right to be afraid right now. If your only hope is in this life, then your house is always in danger of collapse. Because this world is temporary at best, and we will all meet our maker probably sooner than we realize. But as believers, we know that unbelievers are going to act like unbelievers. Sinners are going to act like sinners because it's their nature. They haven't received a new spirit like we have. And there's an old saying that says, There but for the grace of God go I. And what we must not do at this time is belittle unbelievers for the way they feel. I remember how I used to feel before I came to Jesus. That's why I got saved, saved. Amen? That's why I got saved, because I felt like I was living in a trailer park with a line of tornadoes coming through at any moment. But now as a Christian, I'm safely tucked away in the vault of my Father's hand, and I feel something that they don't feel. And this is our opportunity to share with the world the stability that God will give them. There is room at the foot of the cross. And now is our time to invite them onto the ark while the doors are still open. The only world that they know is crumbling. And we've got to show them compassion, not disdain. We've got to love them and provide that stability so that they can see that there is a better way. God has the attention of the whole world right now. Just this week I was walking out behind the church on a little street that kind of quiet back there and I walk and I pray and I thought about that I said God you got the whole world's attention everybody's looking I said God bring glory to yourself do miracles signs and wonders let everybody know that you're still in charge bring glory to yourself and I and this week I've been thinking, you know what? His children must bring glory to his name as well. It's time for his children to stand on the front of the boat and, and rebuke the wind and speak to the waves and to the, to the clouds. It's time for his children to stand up and bring glory to his name. It's interesting that that passage says he rebuked the wind because there's a lot of hot air out there right now. You cut on the news, you can't get away from it. You cut on the TV, wherever you go, there's people spouting hot air. My wife Angie, she wrote a great post on Facebook. She don't write a lot, but when she does, you better take heed. She wrote a post about what is the purpose that we're reposting all these negative news ads, these do, do we have to really hear it 12 times? How many cases of coronavirus is in Mississippi this week? Why? What is, the, what is the underlying, what's the word? Purpose? The underlying motive. What is our motive for doing it? Are we thinking about it? Or are we just becoming part of the wind in society that's blowing people adrift? 
Or are we speaking stability? I thought that was good, Angie. She told me she went to Walmart, bless her heart. Big crowds, many of them acting like Christians, but many of them not. She said when she got to the cashier, she could just see the weariness of the poor lady. And her heart had compassion. She said, I just wanted to hug her. Of course, she did that. They'd probably call the cops or something nowadays. But, but she spoke a kind word. She said, I want you to know that we appreciate all the work that you're doing and all that you're putting up with so these people can get food. And her kind word offered a moment of stability in the life of that lady. How can we offer this stability? What are the things that we can do? I don't know all the answers, but you know the things that you can do within your community, your realm of influence. Maybe you could check on the elderly. Maybe buy them some groceries and drop them off. I know, I've heard that's happening in our church already. We have a wonderful church. You could offer somebody encouragement. You could be so bold as to offer them prayer. You know, you could buy extra to share instead of hoard. Angie bought extra toilet paper, and I think she dropped some off at somebody's house before church this morning. Angie, I love you. You know the needs in our community. And always be looking for an opportunity to share the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Share the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ died so that we wouldn't have to. To take away our sins, to, to give us a hope for this life and in the world to come. You don't have to ask me for permission. Kindness doesn't have to be church sanctioned. Just go and do it. Let us all pray together that we can think of better ways that our church or us as individuals can help our community at this time. And one of the things that I've been thinking about that Brother Nicholas brought to my attention said would be a good idea. It's for us to use this time that normally we're spread out, a family going to jobs and, and school and all these things, and we just wave at each other, you know, some couple times during the week. But this time that we're sort of under house quarantine or whatever, we're in the house together. How about use this time to rebuild a spiritual foundation in your home? And I'm, I'm thinking about the children that are not here today and maybe not watching this podcast Bring your children in. Have a devotion together every day. Reset a spiritual climate in your house that brings stability to your house because our stability speaks of a better kingdom. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 26 says, When God spoke from Mount Sinai, His voice shook the earth. You remember Moses was the only one brave enough to go up the mountain. The rest of them cowered in fear and would not come close for the, the power of the voice of God. But it says, now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. And this means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. 
Our God is building an, an unshakable kingdom. And I want to ask you, my friend, how shakable are you? Pastor Tony Evans, I was listening to his message on, on this uh, scripture, and he was talking about an earthquake. If you're on the earth, you're going to feel the earthquake. But if you're in a, in a plane flying over, you won't feel the effects of the shaking. You won't be shaken. And I want to ask you today, how tethered are you to this earth? Because if, if you're setting up your kingdom and you're building you a big old brick house down here on the earth, and not being just a sojourner, a passer through, a, a, an ambassador for another kingdom. See, my home is in heaven. My focus is in heaven. Building God's kingdom and not this little temporary kingdom down here. How tethered are you to this earth? And I would ask another question. How tethered are you to self? You going to steal off with the lifeboat and leave everybody else to sink? I wrote this. Our stability is determined by our ability to rise above self-interest. Let me say that again. Our stability is determined by our ability to rise above self-interest. To rise on eagle's wings. Up there where you're not feeling the shaking of this earth because you're not so concerned about self. Because you've died daily. You've died to this life and you're living for Christ. It's no longer the I that liveth, but it's Christ that liveth in me. I have a bigger focus now. And I have a bigger purpose. It's beyond self. I think about the time that after John the Baptist was beheaded, Jesus wanted to grieve it was his best friend or at least one of them it was his cousin and in Matthew chapter 14 verse 13 it says as soon as Jesus heard the news about John the Baptist he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone if you've ever lost a loved one somebody you really care about it's a trying time. You just Sometimes you, you don't want to be in a crowd. You don't want to hear everybody just yakking. You want to go somewhere and be alone. You just want to cry it out. This is, a, this is a personal time. I'm hurt. I need some alone time. I just need to grieve. But it says, the crowd, but the crowds heard where he was headed, and they followed him on foot from many towns. Verse 14 says, Jesus saw the huge crowds, as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Though he wanted to just focus on me for a moment, my hurt, my pain, Jesus saw the people. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And he said, no, no, this won't do. His compassion welled up and something greater than self welled up in him and he had compassion on them and he began to heal the sick. Shepherds provide stability to those around them. Shepherds still lead by the still waters. Shepherds calm the storm and they give their life 
for the sheep. And my friend, it's exactly what Jesus would do later on that cross. Suffering pain like we will never know. Those nails in his hands and his feet and that crown of thorns pressed down on his brow. His tore open back grating against that old rugged cross. Sins of the world being poured out on him. The wrath of God about to come down on his own son. The agony he must have felt in his body, in his soul, in his spirit, to the point at one point he cried out, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? But yet, someone with no voice, someone who deserved to be on the cross next to him, simply asked, Would you remember me? And Jesus looked up from his agony. He said, I tell you, you will be with me today in paradise. Jesus is here to leave the 99 and go save the one. He is the rock in which we build our lives. He's calling your name today. If you're feeling like I don't have any foundation. I just have this weight on my shoulders. I feel like I'm adrift at sea. I feel like my house is about to collapse. God would say to you that I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And I'm not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance and be saved. And that I loved you so much that I sent my only son, my only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I've written you a pardon for your sins, written in my own blood. And all I ask is that you confess me as your Lord and you believe in me that I am who I said I am. You turn from your wicked ways and you come over here on the foundation and you get saved, saved. That you go whole hog and you give your life to me. And I'll calm those raging storms. I'll give you stability so that you can begin to be stability in your house. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I welcome you right now to pray with me. Pray like this out loud. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. I trust you to be the Lord of my life. I give you all of me. I will follow you all the days of my life because I know you died on my cross and that you were raised to a new life so that I could be raised to one too. Resurrect me. Give me stability. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. 
For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.